Welcome to Kokomo Friday, everybody. Hope you have a nice Kokomo weekend. But until then, we're going to help you set your lineup for week 13, pick up some two-star pitchers, and play a new game that was inspired by Wednesday's Bellinger uh, thing and what we just talked about off the air. New game. What is Scott fired up about? Uh, we had so much fun with it on Wednesday. So, Scott, what are you fired up about today? This morning before the podcast? And, yeah, today, yesterday, whatever you want. Well, we were, we were just talking about you guys seem convinced the Patriots are going to the Super Bowl. Like, you know, it's going to happen. And I'm saying yep. yeah. the NFL, I know. How could you possibly predict that before any team plays its first game? Have you it's seen so the random? Do you know they won the Super Bowl last year? I know they won the Super Bowl and last they year. They are much better than they were last year on paper. But I mean, it's, it's the freaking Tom Brady's NFL. Still there, so is Bill Belichick. Yeah. And he's what? 42. Yeah. I don't know. And, I don't and, know why, and I don't look, know how they've been there for how else. long and they haven't won every Super Bowl. They haven't been to every Super Bowl. They've been to an awful lot. It's very impressive. I'm about, not saying half that. Of them. This all started because of the idea that the, the NBA draft last night, I was saying, why are these other teams even trying that you have no chance of winning the championship? <laughs> and Heath was trying to make the case. Well, nobody has a chance of beating the Patriots in football either. Plenty of teams have beaten the Patriots over the time. That Belichick and Brady have been there. It's it. Nobody can say with any real certainty today who is going to the Super Bowl, and certainly not who's winning. The Warriors the Super Bowl. have won two of the last three. The Patriots have won two of the last. LeBron three. James has been to seven finals. So, right, in there's a row. two good teams in the NBA. There's one in the NFL. Okay, no, that's... there are a lot of good. There are at least a dozen teams in the NFL who could win the championship. That's the most ridiculous thing you've said this week, and that says a lot did, considering the Belichick. Did you think at the start of last year, oh, the Falcons could win the Super Bowl? They couldn't. They came uh. very close to. I mean, for three quarters, fourths of that game, everybody in the world thought they were going to. And we that concludes not let this discussion. Distract us from the fact that, that Falcons blew a twenty-eight to three. That concludes. That concludes. What is Scott fired up about today? And that was a terrific round of our new favorite game. All right, today on the show, Kyle Schwarber sent to AAA. Do you still have to stash him? I have a crazy split to tell you about. We'll talk about yesterday's standouts, including Andrew Moore. We will read your emails at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. We'll talk about some June juggernauts. Cameron Mabin, Carlos Gomez, Eric Sogard, Matt Davidson. Scott will update you on prospects. Um, I like the emails that we got on today's show. They should be helpful for everybody. At fa- again, fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. And I've got a new segment called We Are 12 Weeks Into the Season, and by golly... And then I tell you something that's happened in 12 weeks. So, Are you going to say by golly on each one? I think I am to build the drama. I originally didn't have by golly in the name of the segment, but I, I put it in after the fact. So, here's, uh, here's one that we do a lot now. Hey, real quick. Matt Holiday or Matt Adams? Matt. Nah. Holiday? <laughs> Matt Holiday. Nah. Matt Holiday. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'd probably stick with Holiday. Okay. I'm not a thousand percent sure this just isn't a hot streak for Matt Adams when Holiday's been, you know, a force in the middle of the Yankees lineup all year. I, like, we think the most likely outcome is this just is just a hot streak for Matt Adams, right? Well, to some degree it has to be because it's what, how many home runs and how many games at an absurd pace that nobody could sustain over a full season. But mm-hmm. just the idea that is he going to be a mixed league, a reliable mixed league option all season? Somebody you want in your lineup rest of season. I'm I'm very much on the fence about that. All right, so Matt Holiday wins the first round of Hey Real Quick. Hey Real Quick, Zach Godley or Chase Anderson? Oh man, I like both of them. I like both of them a lot. Um, I'm gonna guess I have Anderson higher in my rankings just because the strikeout rate's higher, but I think they're both verging on not just must own but must start. Status. Anderson. I mean, Godley dominated at Coors Field yesterday, for gosh sakes. By golly. Anderson for Heath and Anderson for Scott? Uh, yes. I, I just want to, you know, I finally, you know, 
I, I always look for stuff on Chase Anderson. I always do a Google search every day after he pitches and never right. find anything. I did find something on Zach Godley, though. Uh, so he worked on his curveball grip a couple seasons ago, and that has become a very good pitch for him. Opposing hitters have a an 088 average and a 105 slugging against his curveball. That I, I read that in the Arizona Republic. I'm not sure if that was going into yesterday's start or after. It doesn't matter. Um, but apparently that's a really good pitch for Zach Godley. Yep. And Best swing and miss pitch. And, I mean, the combination of that and the elite ground ball percentage, I think he's I think he's basically Marcus Stroman and maybe even a little better. Wow. Whoa. So you think Chase Anderson's better than Marcus Stroman? Well, I mean, I think that about Godley. Obviously, he's not as proven as Marcus Stroman, so that factors into that ranking as well. But I, I think that's what he's... Um, on his way to what that's what Godley's on his way to becoming. And if you want answers on Anderson and you know you want an explanation for the breakthrough this year, I mean he's Anderson is a throwing harder and b diversified his arsenal, introduced a cutter to it, used his curveball a lot more. When did Godley change his curveball grip? So he changed it like I think it was two years ago. He was sitting on the bench with Jeremy Hellickson and Zach. Oh no, I guess it was last year because I think it was Granky. And he said he had a good curveball last year, but obviously the results weren't there. But now he's throwing it a little bit more this year. So I think it was last year he changed his curveball grip. It was, he said he'd thrown it the same way since high school, decided finally let's change the grip and it's become a much better pitch for him. I guess that's the key pitch for Zach Godley, the curve. So, there you go. I just thought you were going to go into another thing about the trouble with the curve. No, I hate that movie. Oh, that movie was so bad. I'm disappointed. Jair Jurgens throws a no-hitter. Oh, That's yeah? That's how bad the movie is. Yeah, terrible movie. Okay, uh, real quick. I know you're going to laugh at me about this one, but hey, we're 12 weeks into the season. By golly, Ian Happ or Rugnet Odor? Oh. Oh, you're not going to laugh. I'm not going to laugh at you. Uh, I I have Odor ranked higher still. Mm. I'm not sure how much longer that's going to last. I... I am more confidently ranking Odor ahead of Hap than that. I feel like his entire batted ball profile is almost identical to last year, and it's just a matter of time before it goes off. Hap's interesting, and obviously the Schwarber move clears up more regular playing time for him. But um, he's also striking out at pretty alarming rate. So just in terms of production, there are some questions Hap still has to answer. Yeah, Hap is a second baseman though, who's owned in like 60% of leagues, and he's hot right now. He was he was cold, and I dropped him, of course, and uh, you know now he's hot. But maybe you want to pick up Hap, who's killing it. But um, the thing about Odor, Scott, you mentioned the batted ball profile. He is popping up a lot this year, and there's more yeah, soft yeah, contact. Point that out too when I brought it up. Yeah, Fangraphs wrote an article on it. I also noticed it this morning. I was looking at at his Fangraphs profile. A lot of pop ups for Rugnet Odor. I don't know. Here's my uh, speculation that's completely unfounded, but he signed a big contract in the offseason. Home run hitter last year. Maybe he's trying a little bit too hard to hit the ball out of the park, and he's just popping it up too much. But that also seems like an adjustment that can be easily corrected, right? I mean, it's not like it's not like he's become this radically different player. Okay. He's just a little off. All right. Are we going to put the buy low tag on Rugnet Odor? I put it on him a month ago, and I'm. It's just we're almost in July. Yeah, by golly. By look, golly. Well, look how long it took Irvin Santana to regress. I feel. I'm like, just saying, like you and, could. And buy, it, there's no, there's no indication that Odor is going to snap out of it next week. Well, and we're getting to the point to where if you buy low on him. The season might be over before he figured it out. Yeah, but is it so bad if he doesn't figure it out? I mean, assuming you're actually buying low. Um, he's not startable the way he's performing. Well, let me. No, he isn't. I, I mean, he's, he's, Jed Jer- is Jed Jerko startable? Cause he's barely outscored Odor this year. Is Brandon Drury startable? Cause no. Odor's actually outscored. Nobody's starting either one of those no, guys. No, you shouldn't in, be. At short in leagues, I'm, look, I'm, what am I in the Memorial Magazine League? I've been starting Brandon Drury all year. Yeah, is he your middle infielder or your starting okay. second baseman? Yeah. I'm sorry. Odor as a, I'm, I was thinking as a second baseman. He's not startable in a points league. I mean, the, I, I think that's a little strong. He's killing he's me startable. in my. He's been awful. He's killing me in my head-to-head categories league. 
I'm starting like him. Don't want to start him, but he's startable. But, he's probably still better than what's on the waiver wire. Well, I mean, if I problem. had a choice next week, like when you ask me Odor or Hap, I'm thinking rest of season. But if I have to start somebody next week, I'm starting Hap and benching Odor. Right. That's and, probably fair. And here's like another thing. Not everybody can roster both. Yeah, that's the, that's exactly what I was going to say. Here's like another here's another thing, right? So I have I have Odor. I'm going to say the same thing about Carlos Santana. I did not pick up a bunch of the, I didn't pick up Justin Bohr. I didn't pick up Justin Smoke. I didn't pick up these first basemen in our head-to-head points league because I had Carlos Santana. And, of course, I was thinking, yeah, Santana's going to be better than these guys rest of season. He's he's killing me. Odor, right. I haven't picked up second baseman. I dropped Ian Happ after trading for Odor a couple weeks ago, and I bought low. I sold Coda Glover for him. So it's not like I say I lost that trade. But he's been in my lineup this week, and he's killing me this week. And I could have had Ian Happ in my lineup. But when I have a guy like Odor, I'm not going to – I'm not going to – I mean, I will now, since we're, you know, 12 weeks into the season, by golly, but I wasn't going to be aggressive in picking up a second baseman in the two leagues that I own Odora in. I'm just going to ride him out, and he's killing me. And Carlos Santana's killing you in a points league? Yeah, everybody else has a great first baseman. I have Carlos Here, Santana. Here's a list of players Carlos Santana's outscored this year. Matt Holliday, Matt Carpenter, Yonder Alonso, Will Myers, Justin Bohr, Eric Hosmer, Kendry, okay. Chris Morales, Brandon Belt. But, uh, Ryan I, Healy, I reject Joey this, Gallo. I reject this argument because Why? because he hasn't. Guys are not starting he, he hasn't outscored Ryan what? Zimmerman. He hasn't outscored Eric Thames. He hasn't outscored Logan Morrison or Mark Reynolds or, or Justin Smoke or Travis Shaw or Jay Bruce or Cody Bellinger or Encarnacion. So, but the, but the point is, like, I just listed a bunch of starting caliber players, players we've been genuinely I excited. Don't Yonder Alonso. You're not excited to start Yonder Alonso. You just picked out the one that's probably scored the most fantasy Justin points. Justin Bohr, Eric Hosmer? Yeah, but Justin Bohr had a DL stint and got off to a slow start. And no, I'm never excited to start Eric Hosmer in a, in a one first baseman league. He's, he he's a jag. 212 points. Do we want to look at a different position? Well, I'm just like, he's outscored I, Brian Dozier. He's outscored DJ LeMay. You're just telling me that these other players have been disappointing. You're not telling me that Carlos Santana hasn't been killing my fantasy team. He's killing me. He's not killing you. He, he's he's not killing you. I'm sorry he's disappointed you. That's fair to say. But he's still been a productive player, he's, and you should not be embarrassed to start him. He's the number league. 15 first baseman. In, yeah, that's in, not bad. Scott. It's a 12-team league. How many extra? And plus, he's eligible in the outfield. Now like, I know what Scott is fired up about. Carlos Santana. At, you don't need Cody Bellinger, but Carlos Santana's fine. All right, no. Dude, ridiculous. Scott, I'm trying to win a fantasy league here. Having the number 15. I know, 15, me too. So ha- start Carlos Santana. I have been. And, and I'm thank f- you later. And I'm five and six, and and Carlos. I'm said, sure he's not the problem. He's a big part of he's, the problem. If you have the fifth, if you have the fifteenth best player at every position, your team sucks. Yeah, Unless, come on. If you have the fifteen best player at every position, but if you have the fifteen best first baseman, it's probably a, still a really good hitter. I, no, he's not a really good hitter. In what world is Carlos Santana? He's 212 fantasy points. He's okay. First of Honestly. all, first of all, he's only good in a points league. Let, let's you, get that Michael out of the way. Is Conforto good? Because he scored 215. Well, Santana's played 15 more games than him. Okay. And, and that's is Scott Shebler fantasy, good? Because you he are scored, Mr. Fantasy Points for a game in the offseason. This is Scott, matters. Is Scott Shebler good? Because he scored 209. Yeah, like it's Scott, Christian Yelich good because he scored two hundred five. No, no, who who is He's happy with solid Christian, players? What the heck are you talking? Christian about? Christian Yelich is not even slugging four hundred. Sorry, they're not all studs, Adam, but they still deserve to start. This is this is an absurd. No, Scott Shebler's a, a top thirty six outfielder. I I'd be happy to start Scott Shebler in any league. Okay. Uh, great. I, you you picked up Scott Shepler off waivers. I drafted Carlos Santana in like the eighth round. And the thing is, having Carlos Santana made me less aggressive in picking up first baseman off the waiver wire because I thought, oh, I have Carlos Santana. He's a really good player. I'm going to be set. I'm at a disadvantage. I, I'm starting the 15th best first baseman. That means there's a chance that every single team in the league is better than me at first base. How is that not an issue? Well, I mean, you probably should have been more aggressive on the waiver wire. I don't like I I don't necessarily just because I I have a player occupying that position if I think a hitter on the waiver wire is looking like a stud that doesn't prevent me from picking him up he still has value. Wait, what are you going to tell? Trade, I could trade my starter if if this Johnny come lately proves to be a stud. What are you going to tell the Christian Yelich owner that that the Christian that Christian Yelich is a good player that deserves to be starting? Christian Yelich absolutely deserves to be starting. He's batting 269 with a 390 slugging percentage. Like, he's okay. having a terrible year. He's having a terrible year. 
Like he's that, having a terrible, absolutely year. dreadful year. Just because he has 31 walks to 53 strikeouts, which is decent plate plate discipline, that is only relevant in points leagues. A lot of our listeners don't play in that league. Christian Yelich is having a dreadful year in a year where outfielders are unbelievable. Christian Yelich has he the way he has played, he shouldn't be rostered. I'm not saying now the way his his track record says he should be rostered, but Yelich has not been worth starting. Well, first of all, don't go changing the format on me because I'm not as bullish about Carlos Santana in a roto league. I didn't change the format. We're talking, I we're said, talking about the leagues that reward walks. I know, but I said with Santana, he's only good in a points league. He's not even that good. He's killing he's been, me in my roto league. He's been bad this year. We all expect he's going to be better in the second half. Agreed. We've seen it before. Well, just I the agree. fact that he has seven steals Yelich. and is on a 102-run pace in a five-outfielder roto league, that's – must start. Okay, and he's ninety percent started. Five out. Yeah, but those those owners are disappointed with Christian Yelich. He, like he's been a bust. There's no there's no getting around that. A bust is a little strong. He's been disappointing. What does he have to do to be a bust? Like be Carlos Gonzalez? I I think Yelich has been a bust. He's uh, I I think uh, I don't know. He's drafted. If he finishes the year with a seven forty two OPS, then I will say he was a bust. Yeah, what was his OPS last year eight fifty? Pretty big difference. All right, let's uh, let's get into uh, the rest of the new. Wow, we we just lost a few segments there, but that's cool. That was uh, <laughs> that was therapeutic. The, I thought we ended the what Scott fired up about segment. No, it's uh, still going. Uh, I'm just tired of people ragging on Carlos Santana, man. Like he's uh, well, so reliable. Okay. He's so in reliable in a points league. He is so reliable. I know, but we can't just cater our our arguments to points leagues. Obviously, okay, but I, but this argument was catered and to he points has been, league. He has been bad in a points league this year. Scott, yeah, he has no, been. He hasn't. Yes, he has. He, he's the number 15 first baseman he in a points league. He scored 17 and a half points already this week. He scored 17 last week. 17 is not good anymore. Then 7 the week before that was bad, but then 22, 22, yeah. 12. Nineteen and a half. Come on, like, there have been a lot of good weeks in there. He's number fifteen is, in in points. Is seventeen good at first base? No, it's fine. I mean, we're not shooting for fine in today's hitting environment. Exactly, so good hitters out there. But you don't even need Carlos Santana. <laughs> <laughs> like if somebody made me a good enough offer for Carlos Santana, I'd I'd obviously trade him. But um, like, I don't know. All right. He's. I, I'm just not that interested in upgrading. If I have Carlos Santana, that, as a neither was Adam, and that's the problem. He missed out on all these first basemen. I'm not even saying well, I did the wrong thing. Still, because you could play him at utility, you could play him at outfield. I mean, come on. Yeah, but uh, obviously, I have like players I like at utility and outfield. But I'm not even saying I did the wrong thing. I'm not saying I made a mistake. I'm just saying that Rubenetto Odor, Carlos Santana, their owners have held on, and let's face it, they've been disappointing for their fantasy owners, and they've put them in a bind in a lot of cases. Odor's been. More of a bust than Santana. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. He, he's been a bust so far. All right. The Cubs sent Kyle Schwarber to AAA. I will remind everybody that the Astros sent Evan Gaddis to AAA last year after he batted 203 in 20 games. Not nearly as big of a sample size. He came back 10 days later. He had an 869 OPS the rest of season with 31 home runs. Kyle Schwarber to AAA. If he's not catcher eligible, are you dropping catcher, uh, Kyle Schwarber? No. Yeah, if he's not catcher eligible. Um, and, you know, a five outfielder league, probably not. But, I mean, three outfielder leagues, I was already, I had already dropped, I didn't actually own him anywhere, but I would have already dropped Kyle Schwarber. Um, because, you know, I'm having trouble making room for guys like Logan Morrison, who's among the major league leaders in home runs. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, that's, I mean, I, in yesterday's prospect column, since now Schwarber's a minor leaguer, he's my number one prospect to stash. So, you know, if you're in a league where you feel like you shouldn't stash Schwarber, but you're stashing you on Makata, maybe you should think about not stashing you on Makata. Uh, the only reason why I would consider stashing Schwarber in like a shallower league is in CBS leagues. He's got three appearances at catcher, two more, and he's catcher eligible. Maybe that's a really valuable player for you down the stretch, but, uh. Yeah, I mean, I'm not dropping him just because he got sent down. If it comes to a point where I need to add somebody, I, I don't have to hold on to him either. That's how I would I'd view it. But okay, I'm I'm not just like oh I gotta go get rid of Kyle Schwarber now. And they say he should be back, you know, fairly soon. He's got a tough schedule coming up with some lefties and good pitchers. Uh, Josh Donaldson missed yesterday's game with a sore knee, but he hopes to play today. George Springer's day to day with a bruised hand. Matt Chapman's on the DL with a knee infection, and Stephen Vogt got d- designated for ex- for assignment. The A's called up Matt Olson. 
and Bruce Maxwell. Maxwell will be their uh, primary catcher. Do you guys have any interest in Olsen or Maxwell? No. Mm, just AL only. All right. Matt Kemp left with a hamstring injury. They're saying it was precautionary. I was watching the uh, Mariners game last night to get a look at Andrew Moore, and uh, it was a Tigers broadcast, and they broke down Miguel Cabrera's hitting, hitting mechanics, his mechanics to play it. His stance, it's way off from last year. So, I, yeah, go ahead. This this really kind of confuses me. Okay. Because in terms of, like, the peripherals, Miguel Cabrera has been awesome this year. He's just had a little bit of batted, bad, batted ball luck. He's missed some time with injury, whatever. But he's got a 48% hard contact rate. Well, what I would say— 29% line drive rate. The, the interesting thing— the interesting thing that I heard on the sh- on the broadcast when they were breaking down his mechanics, I think it's Kirk Gibson who does their color analysis. He said that, and this is only something you would know if you watch the Tigers a lot, a lot of fly balls to right field are just not carrying for Cabrera. That you're used to seeing those balls go out of the park, and they're just not, they have no carry on them. Um, so he thinks it's just a mechanical adjustment. I think the bottom line is we've seen so many things that seem to indicate Miguel Cabrera is... Not far from going on a tear, right? That's the way it looks. And he homered yesterday for what it's worth. Right. Um, and I just hope that the injuries aren't holding him back, but if it's mechanics, I'm more excited about that. And David Ortiz got a street near Fenway Park named after him, David Ortiz Drive. What would you like your street to be named if somebody named a street after you? I think Scott White. Both being one syllables, you need something long like Boulevard. Scott White Boulevard. I like the sound of that. Not Scott oh. White Way? Scott White Way is so cool. Scott White I can't Way. can't that. It is really cool. <laughs> it is really cool. Yeah. See, this is something with, with naming our children, since obviously a you know, child's last name is going to be White. Like I am opposed to having a one-syllable name. For the child, because I feel like I just don't like the flow of the one-syllable first name and the one-syllable last name. I feel like there needs to be a little more, you know, kind of a musical element to it. So that's kind of what I was thinking going for Boulevard. But Scott White Way. Yeah, it's nice. It's pretty cool. Um, So I was just looking, and uh, Miguel Cabrera has a 448 ISO on fly balls to the opposite field this year. <laughs> That's all it's... That's uh, 30, 30 batted balls. I don't know, man. I'm just telling you what I heard. Yeah. I know. I, thought, I wasn't like criticizing you. I'm just saying Kirk Gibson's eye may be betraying him. Okay. Uh, banana split. What does this mean? Here's a split that's absolutely bananas. Jose Abreu has 13 home runs this year. They've all come on the road. That is bananas. Yeah. Now, the White Sox have played 17 more road games than home games, which is also pretty bananas, but... Uh, Jose Abreu, hopefully good times are ahead at home. He's never been a big home road split guy, but I just thought you all would find that interesting. Let's talk about Thursday's standouts. Go ahead. Yes, Heath, something you want to say to the class? The White Sox have played 17 more road games than home games? Bananas, right? That's the bananas part. <laughs> yeah. What the hell are they doing with their scheduling? I don't know. They're, they're 15 and 12 at home, which is a total of 27 games. And they have 27 losses on the road. They're 17 and 27. No. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, I'm going to lead the show here just so we can try to get through a lot. And um, I will get to Thursday standouts. I also have to tell you about Indochino. Every Friday, I give you a great chance to look good, make that look great, actually. Every Friday, I tell you about Indochino, Indochino.com, I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com. You want an $800 suit for $379? Use the promo code FBT at checkout on Indochino.com. FBT is the promo code, like Fantasy Baseball Today. You can also go into one of their showrooms, but it's so easy to do online. You pick your fabric. You customize every detail, including my favorite part, the jacket lining and the monogram. Submit your measurements. Get your suit. You're going to get the best suit you've ever owned. So much better than a generic off-the-rack suit. And you're going to want to wear your Indochino suit all the time. Guys, there's just something about having a suit like this. I promise you won't regret it. Our listeners can get any premium Indochino suit for $379 at Indochino.com when entering FBT at checkout. 
That's 50% off the regular price for a made-to-measure premium suit. Shipping's free. Indochino.com. Promo code FBT for any premium suit for $379 with free shipping. All right, first standout is Aaron Nola, 75% owned. He said he felt like himself again. Pete McCannon said the same thing. I will say that's not the first time I've seen Pete McCannon say that, and it hasn't uh, held up. This is the third really good start for Nola in his last seven. He followed up the previous two with two duds immediately after. Do you have any thoughts on a 75% owned Aaron Nola? I mean, I like him more today than I did yesterday. I don't, uh, I don't have a clear explanation for what was different in this start other than the results. Um, so I, I mean, I know he threw a lot of strikes. He threw 74 of his 107 pitches for strikes. So I guess throw more strikes, Aaron Nola. Yeah. Location. Obviously commands a key part of this. There success. it is. Yeah. He said, he said they were, they, he was painting the black. He just, he was, the location was on yesterday, apparently. Yeah. That's, that's kind of important. the problem with him. And the thing that Chris was skeptical of coming into the year was that he does seem like he needs to get more called strikes than your average top 30 or 40 pitcher would need to, to, to be that good. Now, Nola hasn't been a top 30 or 40 pitcher this year, but what I would say is he's 75% owned, and about 20% of those leagues, you should be going and getting him right now. Okay. Yeah, it's definitely definitely worth a shot. Nola has Seattle on the road next week. Start or sit? I'll probably start him. Uh, I'm, I'm going to start him in Tout Wars, which is 15-team Roto, but I don't know that in 12-team it would be an automatic start for me. Alrighty, and what do you think about Andrew Moore, Seattle's rookie starting pitcher, second round pick a few years ago, made his major league debut through 100 pitches, 69 strikes, that's great, mm-hmm. seven swinging strikes, but seven innings, three runs, no walks, four strikeouts against the Tigers, Andrew Moore, 8% owned. I think when he's good, this is exactly the kind of pitcher he's going to be with, you know, control artist, but maybe underwhelming with the strikeouts. He might have like a Mike Leak profile. Um, right? That sounds like a pretty good comp. When he's good? Well, I mean, assuming he, he needs to be consistent as Leak, right. obviously, to live up to that profile, but I don't think, I don't think this is a burgeoning ace who everybody needs to rush out and add today. Yeah. I did watch this game last night about four innings. He throws like 91 fastball, but he's got an 84-ish mile per hour slider and like a 75-ish mile per hour curveball, so, it makes I saw a lot of really late hacks on his ninety one mile per hour fastball. And yes. I think that's because he's so good at changing speeds. My issue with guys like that is I feel like they're gonna struggle third time through the order. And he did struggle a little bit later in the game, but but he's eight percent on Andrew Moore. Would you rather have Andrew Moore or uh Nick Pavetta? Rather have Pavetta because of the strikeout potential he's shown the last two starts. I did read with Moore though that um you you talked about how it looked late. They looked mm-hmm. late on a few of those fastballs. He has a like an unusually high spin rate on his fastball that makes the velocity seem high, appear higher than it actually is. Mm. So that might have something to do with your observation there. Scott, you owe me a thank you for picking up Nick Pavetta. Uh, yes, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> wait, thank you, thank you. <laughs> did, yeah, you did, are we, did we want to do in the, six, the in a 16 team league? I should point the out the updated uh, scoreboard, or just tell no, us like it's the same as it was no, yesterday. It's still still eight to two. Okay, okay congratulations. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about some June juggernauts. These guys have had big time months. Cameron Mabin, 59 percent owned. He's batting 389 with five homers. Okay, this is since becoming a leadoff hitter. 24 games, 24 games, 389. <laughs> Five homers, 30 runs in 24 games, 13 steals in 24 games, and 17 walks to 16 strikeouts. How do you not own Cameron Mabin? He's 59% owned. Uh, yeah. You play in a points league? No, I, I picked He's him up. in points leagues. I said, that's it. I'm done with this crap. Like, I'm not leaving him out there anymore. I picked him. I wish I had started him. Yeah. Uh, okay. To, with the, to walk, be clear, with the walk to strikeout ratio. He has been, like, he looks great in points leagues right now. I, what I am saying is I expect his roto value to stick and him to be a valuable roto asset for the rest of the season. I do not think the power is legit at all. I do not think he's going to be a top 50 outfielder in points. F- fair I enough. I don't, I don't think he's going to be a big power hitter, but I think the rate he's stealing bases with the Angels, which seems legit because they they seem to be very aggressive on the base paths and he's been highly successful. 
Um, I think between that and the plate discipline, there's going to be some serious pointage happening here for Cameron Mabin. And um, so, do you you think he is top fifty the rest of the season? Yes. Okay. Yeah, and honestly, I don't even care because I know right now he's he's as good as almost any outfielder in baseball right now, and. You know, that's what you do in, you want to talk about points leagues, which are typically the three outfielder leagues. That's a, that's a streaming spot. Utility, outfield, like that, you play the hot hand there and he yeah, is the I, hot I hand. think it probably is more for you than it is for me. Uh, I think okay. that I, the ideal roster construction, this is my, my goal of trying to trade Cody Bellinger for an ace and the idea that I quote unquote don't need Cody Bellinger is because I do think you gotta make room an, for an outfield Santana. spot is a better option for streaming than a starting pitcher spot these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. Yeah. I feel I, that. I I can't get on board with that. Just because I don't I don't feel like last week's production is that indicative of next week's production. This is and that's month. what you're kinda counting on if you're streaming an outfielder. And well, be, when it, I'm streaming a pitcher, I'm yeah, doing it because they have two starts or a great matchup. I'm not necessarily talking about last week's production with streaming an outfielder. I mean, I do have the benefit of obviously, you know, going through the upcoming week's matchup and putting together a top 10 sleepers column, but everybody listening has the advantage of reading that column. And, um, you know, obviously not all of those 10 sleepers hit every week, but I feel like half of them are usually, usually live up to my hopes and, you know, they're all, Typically highly available on waivers. So a five outfielder league, maybe not, but three outfielder league. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, Carlos Gomez, 50% owned. And since coming off the DL, he's nine for 23 with five home runs. One walk, eight strikeouts. Carlos Gomez double donged yesterday. Is Carlos Gomez under owned? 50%. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. He doesn't need to be. Universally owned or owned on the level of like a Matt Holiday or whatever, but 50 seems a little low. 65 maybe. Eric Sogard is 10% owned, and he has a 10-20 OPS in the, for the season. <laughs> the, he's batting 366 and more walks and strikeouts and 12 doubles in 35 games, leading off for a good lineup. Eric Sogard is 10% owned. And has officially replaced Jonathan Villar, right? I Or semi-officially? I'm not sure about against lefties, but yeah, I think so. I, I still can't. Like he's underowned at 10%, but I'm not. If he was at 25, I probably wouldn't think he was. He has a crazy high Babbitt, but he also has a crazy high line drive percentage. So, like, no power, and you need power. You need power, or you need like Cameron Maben speed to really contend in. Uh, at least from a mixed league perspective in this hitting environment. Mm-hmm. But um he could be what we were hoping Joe Panic would be. Maybe. All right. That's Eric Sogard. I'm gonna tell you about the uh, Associated Press stealing from me in just a second. But Matt Davidson in June, he homered again yesterday. In June, Matt Davidson is batting two eighty one, seven home runs, three walks, twenty eight strikeouts. If he doesn't homer, you're in trouble, but like, Davidson has eight doubles this year in 58 games, but, uh, he's got 17 home runs and a 265 batting average now. Matt Davidson is 26% owned. He has been a June juggernaut. Yes. It's a hot hand play, but he's still striking out 40% of the time, right? Yes. Yeah. He's going to hit a lot of home runs. He's going to have a Chris Carter-like season, I feel like, which means, you know, he's not going to hit 265 all year. Would you rather have Joey Gallo or Matt Davidson? Gallo. Uh, I think they're very similar, but probably Gallo. Okay. I just I'd rather a, start Davidson right now. Everybody should know that I read today. They, so the Associated Press, they write a very good recap of every game. And they have like little sections, like an injury section. And they have like a hot streak section sometimes. And this time they had a uh, so guard, so good section. And I was like, hey, we've had that on Fantasy Baseball today several times. Also, thanks for listening. You're not as clever as you think you are, Adam. (laughs) Let me read you, let me read you the first three, are they called graphs in a story? Yeah. Okay. I thought this was one of the weirdest starts to a story ever, not to pick on anonymous AP writer. But this is the recap of the Blue Jays Rangers game. Carlos Gomez was munching on a donut and a piece of watermelon simultaneously before the game when he predicted he would hit a home run. 
Then there was the recording of a rooster call the Texas center fielder wanted played for one of his teammates. Turns out things went even better than he planned. That's outstanding. I uh, I read that confused. like three times. Like, what the heck are they talking about? That's I'm, outstanding. I'm confused. It's so weird. No need to I tell me. I do like me. the visual of eating a donut and watermelon at the same time, though. Like, I'm not even sure. Does that mean he was putting a piece of each in his mouth at the same time, or was he, like, alternating between the two? I don't know. But what he what he was trying to do with the rooster call was have the PA announcer or the PA guy or girl play it for Joey Gallo because Gallo is rooster in Spanish. Uh, wow. but, he, but he played it for Carlos Gomez instead. So that was the oh. whole thing about that. Re- read on if you want to <laughs> solve that. Well, mystery. he's going to have to do it okay. from now on now, right? So there's some loose so. ends that are tied up there yes. in that story. Yes. It's like it's like the way, you know, like a lot of dramas like to do now. They show you a scene before the cold – it's like the cold open scene. And you're mm-hmm. like, holy cow, this is weird and doesn't make any sense. And then by the end of the episode, it makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just got an email from Harry's. I just got an email right now. Uh, from a member of the Harry's team reaching out to say thank you for supporting Harry's. That is very nice. Everybody, go to harrys.com slash FBT right now. H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com slash FBT. I ordered three different Harry's Razor shave kits for Father's Day, gave one to my dad, gave the other two to my future brothers-in-law, and they all loved it. When you order a Harry's shave kit, you open the box and you just see the presentation, you're going to be impressed. Then you're going to see how good the shave is, and then you're going to see how inexpensive the blades are when you need to order more blades. You're going to realize you're never using anything but a Harry's razor again. These are really awesome. Um, and how much does this all cost? Well, right now you can try it for free. Just pay shipping. I'll tell you more on that in a moment. I use Harry's. I recommend it to my friends and family off the air. I'm recommending it to you now. Check out this deal. Free trial offer from Harry's today. A $13 value for free when you sign up. All you got to do is cover $3 in shipping. You get a weighted ergonomic razor handle, five five precision-engineered blades with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. You get all that for free. Three bucks for shipping. That's it. Harrys.com slash FBT right now. Harrys.com slash FBT. Scott, in like one minute, can you give us uh, the prospects to stash? Yes, Kyle Schorber's one, Yohan Mankata's two, Ahmed Rosario's three. Uh, those last two should be pretty familiar by now. And then rounding out the list for me is uh, uh, Derek Fisher, who I think the, the George Springer scare when he left in the first inning after getting hit on the hand by a pitch, it served as a reminder that Derek Fisher's just one injury away from being a regular for the Astros again. He started against lefties and righties when he was here. A.J. Hinch said it was bittersweet sending him down, even though um, even though Josh Reddick was coming back. So, uh, you know, an injury or Jake Marisnik slumping. And suddenly Derek Fisher's an everyday player again. And then rounding out the list is Blake Snell, who has walked, I think, 2.5 batters uh, per nine in his last five starts in the minors, and, of course, is striking out everybody in sight. Cool. Erasmo Ramirez um, has not been very good, and Matt Andres is going to be out for a while longer still. So I think sooner than not we're going to see Snell in the majors again. Hopefully it'll go better this time. Good. All right, that's a good name. So we have Schwarber, Moncada, Rosario, Derek Fisher, and Blake Snell as prospects to stash right now. So, let's see. We're going to do two-star pitchers, obviously, at the end of the show. Why don't we knock out a few more things from yesterday? And, and again, um, let me stress speed a little bit here, guys, because I, I just, you know, we had a little bit of a detour earlier. Um, Curtis Granderson. I'm going to guess the answer is no, but we know he can get hot. He's batting 313 with five home runs, including a home run in two straight games in the month of June. Any interest in Curtis Granderson? Not really. Nope. Addison Russell, 77% owned. Is this just a hot streak? Remember, first 11 games of the season, he was batting 271 with a 40, 479 slugging percentage. He's been better than that lately. He's been killing it. Is this just a hot streak, or are we feeling really good about Addison Russell right now? I think there's some correction happening here. His BABIP is only now up to 277, and with a... Uh, 
With a pretty low fly ball rate, you would expect him not to be a bad BABIP guy. It's kind of the same argument I made for him coming into the year because 277 also happened to be his exact same BABIP last year. So I think uh, it's the start of some correction, and there's even more to come. Let's look at the six-man rotation. Too good, too kind of bad, too ugly. Uh, Heath, I'll give you the good and the ugly, but first the good. Jake Arrieta, only six swinging strikes. Uh, in fact, 8% swinging strike rate, strike rate in his last four starts. Jake Arrieta, though, one run over seven innings at Miami. Jose Quintana, great start at Minnesota. That's two pretty good ones in a row. Any thoughts on Arietta or Quintana? Uh, it's nice to get the good production out of Arietta. It's concerning that the swinging strikes are just almost completely not there at all. But I said a week ago that he was still a borderline top 10 pitcher for me, and that's this obviously isn't going to change that. This was one of his lowest velocity starts, too, I should point out, in addition to the lowest winging strikes. Yeah, what did but, he say? He's... I think Quintana, we, I think we all thought there was some correction coming. It's just whether he's got enough coming to, to where he gets back to his norm, career norms. I would expect he'll be pretty close to those for the rest of the season, though. Arietta said he had a low energy in this game, and he said that actually helped him. He was like sort of staying in his delivery because he had low energy, something like that. But I guess that explains the velocity issues. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's still been a downer year for velocity overall, and this just happened to be one of the worst starts. And he basically gives an excuse after every start now. He does. There are red flags <laughs> yeah. here. I'm sorry. There are red flags with, with Jake Arietta. There are. There are, but the fact that the overall strikeout rate this season is still good and, you know, the pitching landscape is so bad, like, I just, I'm not, like, it, it's it's hard to, to worry, you know, because, like, what are you going to do about it? I also like the walks with him. Only 25 walks for Arietta in 84 and two-thirds. All right, Scott, I'll give you the bad, uh, the kind of bad. Steven Matz, six innings, three runs, two homers at the Dodgers. They homer off everybody. Eight strikeouts, which was good to see. But five walks. Uh, so he's got a 360 ERA, six walks, 14 Ks, and 20 innings, and three starts. And Ivan Nova gave up 11 hits. Ivan Nova's got a 390 ERA in his last 10 starts. Um, a ton of hits. Still great control. He's only 21st in baseball in ground ball percentage, which is good. But I feel like if you're going to strike out as few batters as Nova does, like I'd like for him to be better than 21st in ground ball percentage. But Steven Matz and Ivan Nova, your thoughts? Steven Matz is the one whose swinging strike numbers concern me so far since his return, because even in this one where he got eight strikeouts, only eight swinging strikes. So he has yet to have a double-digit swinging strike start, and, and this was his best one. He's also somebody I've had to move up quite a bit recently, because like even if this is just what he is, I'm pretty excited about him as a top 40, 45 starting pitcher. Like I, I can't tell you with great confidence whether he's better than Arandola, you know. So, I'm not saying he needs to be dropped or whatever. I'm just not, I'm not putting much stock into him right now. Um, he's just another pitcher on my team. Okay, I feel uh, like this is, uh, this is Nova, like more like a high three ZRA, good whip. Yeah, a lot of innings. I think in this environment, just because he consistently gives you seven plus. You know, if it's, if there's going to be the occasional double digit hit outing, you know, four earned runs, five earned runs every now and then, you know, you, you can accept a higher ERA from Nova than, and a lower strikeout rate from Nova than you, if you've been playing fantasy for four or five years, then, then you're used to accepting from a pitcher. And Marcus Stroman and Luis Severino are the ugly. Heath, Stroman and Severino, any concerns? I guess maybe a, I, I've come to expect these types of starts from Marcus Stroman, I guess. Um, I still think he's good, and I still think he's going to have a mid-three ZRA, and he's got one year in the near future, whereas Babip's great, and he, and he has a so-called great season. But he just doesn't have the swing and miss stuff to avoid starts like this on a semi-regular basis. Mm-hmm. When the sinker um, ball ain't sinking. What's that? When the sinker ball ain't sinking. you get right. what he said. Uh, who's, yeah, and then Severino, yeah, I'm I'm probably not going to change my opinion too much on this one start. Okay. I thought he got a little unlucky last night, to be honest with you, uh, Luis Severino, <clears throat> and got me very angry because 
you know, Yankees suck. Uh, all right, before we do the two-star pitchers for Fantasy Week 13, and I do apologize to our emailers. Uh, it seems like I will be neglecting you today. Let's do the segment everybody's been waiting for as soon as I can find it. Hope you're ready. It's going to be great. By golly. There it is. What? I can't find it. We're, oh, we are 12 weeks into the season, and by golly. Well, the first one was going to be Christian Yelich is hitting this, this, and this, but we already covered that. So how about we are 12 weeks into the season, and by golly, Todd Frazier is batting 210 right now. He homered yesterday, but he entered yesterday um, outside the top 25 at third base. Todd Frazier. I am shocked that he is still 89% owned. Yeah, that's pretty surprising. Uh, yeah, yeah. I still keep waiting for him to get hot, and I like that it's like his best walk rate ever, best strikeout rate ever. I mean, in theory, this should be a better Todd Frazier. You just have to wonder if his— Like, are pe- people are dropping him and, and others are picking him up, or nobody's—everybody's just leaving him sitting on their bench? Well, let me tell you, Frazier— yeah, I guess. I don't know. Frazier did get hot from May 16th to June <laughs> 11th. He batted 276 with seven home runs. Uh, he had a good—he had a good month. But he got hot and nobody noticed. He's cooled off since then. I mean, it, it was hot with a 276 batting average. Like normally, that, that corre- normally for corrections Frazier. for really slow starts, I feel like are much hotter than that. Like slap you across the face, hot. Yeah. And uh, McCutcheon. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we're still not. We still haven't. I, I keep waiting for that for Frazier. But, you know, the fact that he was not very good last year combined with the fact that it's almost July and combined with the fact that third base, first base, the positions he's eligible are deep. Like, uh outside of the standard roto lineup, you know, with all the different hitters started there, um, I just don't see much incentive. There's, I don't have much incentive to hold on to him. All right, it's Todd Frazier. We are 12 weeks into the season, and by golly, Mark Trumbo has 10 home runs. Yuck. Yeah. And he's striking out a lot more lately, too, so we can't even give him that compliment, Mark Trump. (laughs) Yeah, I have more hope for him than Frazier, which, I I mean, his ownership percentage is 98 versus Frazier's 89, so it sounds like most people do. It's just uh, because Trumbo was much better last year than Frazier was. And he's been better this year, too. I mean, he's been—he hasn't been unstartable this year, Trumbo. In a roto league, no. In a points league, he probably has. Like you shouldn't have started him. If you did, he's killed you. Um. Okay. I, it, I'm worried. Yeah. Yes. Not no I, longer. Like I, I'm not dropping him, but ugh. not buying low necessarily on Trumbo. Well, it's always relative. Yeah. But I'm not. I'm not particularly motivated to no. Who would you rather buy low on, Trumbo or Cargo? I'll still say cargo. Yeah, the ceiling's higher. The cost is probably lower. Probably, maybe not, but probably. Okay. Yeah. And uh, we're in. We're twelve weeks into the season, and by golly, D. Gordon and Trey Turner entered yesterday, only four steals behind Billy Hamilton. Remember when Hamilton was going to steal a hundred bases? Well, he is on a seventy-seven steal pace. Right. Turner seventy-two. Gordon sixty-three. He's played the most games. Yeah. Good, good for them. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, Trey Turner has not been the hitter I think most of us hoped he'd be this year, but it hasn't mattered really. I mean, he's still, he's still a stud because he's all these steals. Yeah, so, you, you uh, know, Scott, I think D. Gordon is really the one that, that he's done the same thing as Turner. He hasn't really hit that well, but all the steals, Gordon's still top 10. Second baseman in, in points, and obviously in Roto, too. Yeah. Uh, he's been better than I thought he'd be, for sure. Um, he doesn't have the—like, Turner, there's some hope that he does start hitting better, and, and D. Gordon, I think. I mean, the fact he's hitting 292 already, you know you know there's no power there. You know this is the upside for D. Gordon. So mm-hmm. I don't know that we were doing a direct comparison between Gordon and Turner, but— uh I mean, Gordon, there's no ceiling. There's no ceiling to go here. Like, there's no more room to improve. Well, I, I think there's 30 points of batting average. He's batting 292. Right. He's you, hit 333 before. Like, I mean, I'm, 
I, I don't. I'm not going to expect anybody. To I don't that, think this is the, the very best D Gordon could be. Uh, let me just move it along, guys. I'm sorry, so okay. I want to get to the two star pitchers. I'm going to pick one more. I was going to say something about Robinson Cano because I did this segment yesterday, but then of course he hit because he wasn't really having that good of a year. His power was way down. Uh, but he had two home runs, including a grand slam yesterday, and Cano is now seventh in points, ninth in Roto at second base. So how about we are 12 weeks into the season, and by golly, by my count, seven teams have changed closers for non-injury reasons. That does not include Oakland. I don't really remember what there's. I don't think they ever changed closers in Oakland. They just never officially declared anyone. Right. Um, it does include Seattle, which changed for a week and went back to Diaz. Uh, oh, seven teams have changed closers for non-injury reasons. And I, I think uh, I just want to give you guys credit because I think personally, I feel like, you know, we had a strategy for every position at the start of the season. I think we nailed it with relief pitcher. You really want one of those reliable stud relief pitchers this year, in my opinion. And I think it's played out that way. That's less turnover than I feel like we've normally seen by this stage of the season. Now, I don't know how many have changed for injury reasons. I don't know if it's like eight who have. Britain. And half the league's closer pool has turned over. No, I mean, what is it? It's Britain. I don't feel Britain. like there have been that many. Chapman for a bit. Yeah, but he, and he's back he's now. He's back. I don't think there have been uh, that many. Yeah. It's certainly stable. Um, why weren't the Angels included here? Because that was injury. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I forgot about that. Another one that was now. injury. Yeah. That okay. Was, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, seven's a lot, but expected. It's always yeah. that. It's right. always that. Yeah, we yeah. said that coming into the year. Yeah. By golly. I think, um, and you look at the, you look at the seven though, and you got good ones this year. Like, it's not necessarily just, Teams like the Phillies, like the Phillies, whatever. You, you don't go into the season and be like, oh, the Phillies are going to change closers. I'll pick up their guy. No, but <laughs> if you get Milwaukee, if you get Felipe Rivero, you're going to be happy. Whoever ends up closing in Washington, um, uh, Detroit, not, I not mean, Corey Knebel might be a top five closer. He's he been number two. He's radar coming in. He's been number two since taking over. Yeah. Amazing. He's, he's fantastic. And he set the record yesterday, most consecutive well, appearances with a strikeout as a reliever. I mean, shoot, someone who else, who else who's been fantastic, who, I mean, we, we, he was the front runner coming in, but there wasn't complete certainty he was the closer is, is Rysel Iglesias. Mm, yeah. Good Not call. as regular opportunities, I don't think, as Knepple, but. Alright guys, two star pitchers for Fantasy Week 13. Uh, just throw this one out there. Jake Arietta is at Washington and at Cincinnati. Yep, gonna start him. Okay, you're gonna start Verlander, Kansas City, and Cleveland. You betcha. I don't see Paxson as a two-star pitcher. He might only be a one-star pitcher. Um. Okay, we've got. Let me see. Trevor Bauer, Texas, and at Detroit. Nope. In a points league, I think I would. I, I, uh, I considered dropping him last night for Andrew. Um, what's his last name? Andrew Moore. Moore. Yeah. And uh, opted not to since Bauer's a two-star pitcher next week. I think I'm gonna, I think I'm going to roll with him. Okay, so so you're going to go with the Bauer of Love over. Give me, give me more. Sure. Thank you. Thank you. It's my Britney Spears. <laughs> Who sings Power of Love? Huey Lewis in the news. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rich Hill, Angels, and at the Padres. And let's not. The, the Angels are actually hitting pretty well. So Angels and at the Padres. I'm starting him. Absolutely. Taiwan Walker, Philadelphia, I mean, and Colorado. Two starts for Rich Hill is almost like one start. <laughs> <laughs> Taiwan Walker, you're going to start. Philadelphia and Colorado at home? Yep. Right. Uh, how about Jeff Hoffman? He got lit up last time out. He's still 76% owned at San Francisco at Arizona. I'm probably going to start him at least in a points league. Yeah. Be on the fence in a roto league. Yeah, I, I'm, league. I'm starting him. That at San Francisco start is uh, good enough by itself almost. Yeah, Alex Cobb is at Pittsburgh and at Baltimore. I think we're starting him. Yep. Yeah, I like him. How about Mike Fires, Oakland and the Yankees at home? I would. I would. I think the kind of run he's on now, I mean, he has enough history of these three-month stretches where he pitches like an ace that, uh yeah, I like him right now. Yeah, I would put him ahead of Bauer, but probably behind the rest of the guys we've talked about. Which would be Rich Hill, Jeff Hoffman, Alex Cobb. Uh, so that's Mike Fires. Fires is 64% owned. Junior Guerra, I don't, I, uh, I don't want to. 62% owned at Cincinnati and home against Miami. 
I probably am. Not in a roto league. Um, not in a categories league because there's not going to be enough strikeouts and the whip is almost certainly going to be on the high side. But in a points league, like I don't think he's going to get pummeled. So that's reason enough to consider using him. Okay, it's a good point for Guerra. Just so many walks. Uh, I just wanted to look up one thing. I feel like Cincinnati, they've scored the seventh most runs at home this year in Cincinnati. They have the seventh best OPS. They're a much tougher matchup in Cincinnati, which is where it is <clears throat> for Guerra. Uh, moving down on the list, Michael Waka, 70% owned. He's got the Reds at home and the Nationals at home. Michael Waka. I don't trust him for anything nope. right now. Scott, I believe you should lead your column with Sean Newcomb, 58% owned at San Diego at Oakland. How is he not higher owned yet? Yeah, weird. I think just the fact he hasn't won a game, but that's, that's not good reasoning. Obviously, you're not, uh, you're, you're, you're picking him up for his future production and not how he may have gotten screwed out of wins in the past. Do you trust any of these guys in two start weeks? Tyson Ross, Daniel Norris, Hyunjin Ryu, Kevin Gosman. Who does Gosman have? Toronto on the road, Tampa Bay at home. No, no. It wouldn't wouldn't matter to me. He's even lower than Waka on the trustometer right now. Do we trust Uh, any of these guys? Maybe, maybe Ryu. I mean, he has the same matchups that Rich Hill has, Angels and at the Padres. And I mean, I don't think he's somebody I'd ever look at in a one start week, but he rarely gets pummeled, like I was saying about Guerra. I think I'd like him even more than Guerra this week, actually. What if I told you there was a pitcher owned in less than 25% of leagues? I know you're going to figure it out, but I'm going to build the suspense for the listeners. What if I told you? Who has an ERA under one at home and two home starts this week? Would you start Yoli Chassin? (laughs) (laughs) Um... How could Doubtful. that be? I, I think those splits are wrong. I thought it was under two. I know he's been good at home. I didn't think it was that good. He's got Atlanta and the Dodgers, Yolisha Seen at home. Well, I don't know what source you're looking at. Uh, but, um, yeah, it, no, it, probably not. Don't think so. All right. Anyone else? Gazelman, Adelman, Clevenger, Jesse Chavez, Joe Biagini, Nick Pavetta at Arizona and at the Mets, 16% owned. Eddie Butler, Amir Garrett, Ricky Nolasco, Matt Strom. Must be a lot of games next week. Matt Strom, Martin Perez, Adalberto Mejia, Trevor Williams, David Holmberg, Nick Turley. I think Nick Turley got sent down, actually. Um, anyone uh, pique your interest? I mean, Pavetta's the clear standout here, I think. I, I'm not saying he's must-start. I don't think we should start him, Adam, in our 16-team head-to-head categories league. Uh, I think there's too much of a chance that he does us more harm than good in ERA and whip, but but if, you know, particularly if it's a points league setting and you just want an extra start in there, he's shown potential lately and these matchups aren't so bad. Well, at Arizona's kind of rough. It kind of stinks. But what's the second one? At the Mets. At the Mets. Not so bad. Okay, guys. I think what we're going to do is read this email. Rob from Alabama in a Roto League. Would you drop Mats or Vargas to pick up Sean Holcomb? Uh, I probably wouldn't. Yeah, I don't think I could bring myself to do it either, though. I'm not, I'm not so sure Mats is actually better than Newcomb. Or, you said Newcomb, right? Yeah. 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 Matt from Napa is in a 10-team categories league. Should I drop Irvin Santana to pick up Starling Marte? I would probably do that, yeah. I don't think I would. Ten teams. Categories league? I don't know that he's going to be a clear standout even when he does come back. I don't know that Santana's must own in a ten-team league. It just... Maybe not. I mean, he's he's probably dropped out of that category. But I I do know starting pitcher is much harder to replace than outfield. It depends Maybe if you specifically need steals, that might change it. Exactly. Uh, last one, Tali emailed us and she said, I want to create my own rankings this season, but I'm not st- sure where to start. Any advice? And then she just signed French fries and she put like a little picture of French fries. Okay. I like French fries. Everybody likes French fries. Give, give her 10 seconds of advice on, on making rankings. Um, 
Well, <laughs> I would, I, I would, I would go, I would <laughs> start by looking at somebody. 10 seconds are up and you got zero yeah, words out. Yeah, zero yeah, words. Yeah. I would <laughs> start with last year's finish. Yeah. That'll make it much easier for you. Start with last year's finish, sure. Pick some breakouts. Pick some busts. Do what Heath up, did and down. look at the current standings and just rank them that way like Ben and Tendi. Yes. There you go. Yeah, you're never wrong. All man. right. Hey, we got like, I, I, we got to go. We got to go. I'm okay. sorry, Scott. This is um, way too big of a question. Way too big. French, French yeah. fries are delicious, though, but I've been on the yeah. wedding diet and I've been turning them down regularly lately. So thanks for bringing that up, Tolly. For Scott White and for Heath Cummings, I'm Adam Azer. Enjoy your weekend. Talk to you Monday.